welcome back to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, and I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. Many of you will be familiar with Rich Dad, Poor Dad from Robert Kiyosaki, and if you've read some of his books, you will have come across references to the board game called Cashflow 101, and there's an advanced game called Cashflow 202. I've actually been playing Cashflow 101 for at least 20 years. In fact, almost since the very start of our property and business journey. It's taught me loads and I continue to play it until this day. In fact, the inspiration for doing this podcast came from a comment by Graham, Graham Chivas, who often joins in when we have games and he reminded me how much I've been missing this and getting around the game. Unfortunately, due to COVID, we haven't been able to do it. So because this game has been so influential to me, I thought I would share some of the great things it's done for me over the years, including some real life deals. So for those not familiar, let me just explain how the game actually works. There's an element of it that is a little bit like Monopoly in that you can buy property and you have to pass go or get your wages for your monthly income. However, it's a little bit more sophisticated than that and includes other types of assets and liabilities. You record your progress as you go around by way of a profit and loss and a balance sheet where you record your liabilities that are maybe taking money out of your pocket and also assets that are putting money into your pocket. It just takes a little while to get used to the mechanics, but then they become second nature and you can really get into the game. And when the game starts, you pick out a random profession. And with that profession, you get some details of their lifestyle, income and your outgoings, your assets, your liabilities, that sort of thing. And that's where you start from. And your job is to get out of the rat race into the fast track, or in other words, kind of an investor mode. And the way to do that is to build a passive income by buying assets that produce cash flow for you. Sound familiar? Like normal life, yeah? So that way you might include things like rental properties or businesses, but there's other things like liabilities, like TVs and boats. Don't get the boat, it's a nightmare. In other words, things that take money out of your pocket. It's a lot like life, and every time I play it, it makes me reflect on what I've been doing, and probably more importantly, what I've not been doing up to the moment of the game. If you ever feel comfortable enough for those around you on the table when you're playing this game, by the way, for those of you that have played it a few times, then perhaps you could get your own numbers and supplement them for the allocated profession. In other words, write up your own personal numbers on the sheet and play the game from there because it's a great safe place to try different things isn't it and to see how you can get those passive income producing assets increased on your balance sheet and sometimes I hear people say that it's not reflective of life and it doesn't happen that way in life and sometimes they might say oh that's not really possible but I have to say I've experienced loads of the cards in real life And what do we mean by the cards? Well, again, for those that have not played, part of this process going around the board game is when you land on opportunity squares, you have an opportunity to pick up a card. And the card could be a small deal or a big deal. And big deals are generally over, I think it's um, $5,000 is the currency the board's based on. But effectively anything that's a small deal Um, could be from zero up to whatever, but the big deals don't start to 5,000. But when you turn over a small deal, you have an opportunity to maybe buy some assets, hopefully. Sometimes they won't be assets and they'll be liabilities. Sometimes they'll be shares and stocks. Sometimes it'll be an opportunity to maybe start a business. And there are other 
elements to the game, but I'm not going to go into them just now. It's just suffice to say opportunities come up if you land on the square that brings up opportunity. And sometimes people say, well, these opportunities don't really reflect my life, or this isn't really how it works, or I haven't turned over an opportunity at all, and I've been playing this game for an hour. Well, sometimes that's just the way it works in life, right? Often what people see as not being something normal in life is actually quite correct because the board is very well designed I think and I've had such fun playing it over the years I have to say and it's taught me loads so I actually wanted to go through a few different things I've picked up from playing this game and talk about some of the other things I've picked up including some deals so let me just go through these no particular order but just some of the things that have occurred to me as I've played this game and reflected on it over the years One of those is that when you get a profession that has a big income that you need to replace with passive income to allow yourself the freedom to maybe leave that income, is that you maybe have to go through a couple of stages or different different types of strategies to actually get out of the rat race. So for instance, if you drew the card where you may be an airline pilot or perhaps a doctor and you've got a reasonably high income but you also have quite a lot of liabilities. But at the end of the month, you've got a few pounds coming in or dollars that you can then reinvest. The problem is it takes quite a while to get enough cash to be able to invest, to get enough return on your money, to be able to actually supplant your income from your job. So if you think about it, with that one, you may need a couple of different strategies. And when I've drawn those cards, when I've got a situation where there's a, quite a large income coming in, quite a lot of expenses, I have to adopt two different strategies. Now, the reason I'm doing all this is to make you think about your own self and your own situation. And maybe you're one of those people. Maybe you do have a good income coming in. You have some liabilities going out, but you want to try and replace that income. And the way that sometimes... You can do it in the game, which I reckon will reflect on life, is maybe developing a couple of different strategies to actually get out. The first strategy might be, I need to create more capital to be able to invest in assets that are going to give me higher income. If I keep doing small deals that are going to give me a couple hundred pounds a month, it might take quite a while to build up enough cash flow. So it might be you have to do some flips. You might need to do some trading buy some assets, create some capital value, sell them, reinvest that and build up to buying bigger cash flowing assets. So that was one of the things that I've learned to do when I draw one of those cards is, right, I'm going to have to go through two different strategies here. Now, maybe you yourself have to go through a couple of different strategies. Maybe one strategy is not going to be enough. Maybe buying single let shops on the local high street is not the only strategy you need to do. Maybe that's a long term one. For me, with my business, we do a lot of intensive management. So our, our business model for commercial is quite highly intensive. So we almost take the place of agents and things and deal with all that ourselves. And the reason we do that is because I know there's much more opportunity for a higher upside. However, it does mean I have to build a business around it. But I know that eventually, if I want to have pure passive income, I'll have to probably trade that in for more income producing assets. And that's kind of a two-stage strategy. There are other ways around that, of course. But just to give you an example. Another one to think about is if you don't have much money, 
and you're playing this game, you've got a low salaried income, you're only earning a couple of hundred or three hundred dollars a month, it's very difficult to buy your assets, but there's money on the table, i.e. people around you have money, they've managed to get some money through doing some deals, whatever it is. A way for you to get money is to turn over bigger deals. Now, how many of you have been out there? You have actually done some deal sourcing. Now, it might be that you've done the deal sourcing as the main thing you want to go after, or it may be that you've had opportunities that have come up and you're like, oh, this is a bit too big for me. And often in commercial, people don't pass those deals on. They just don't. It's very competitive, very insular. People hold their cards close to their chest. I don't know if you ever recognise that in commercial, but it's often the case. People don't turn those deals over to others. So we had a deal at one point, quite a good sized deal, in fact more than one, where there's been an opportunity for us to take on the deal, but it's just not been the right timing. So we've sold on the deal. Now, if you think about it, if you're playing cash flow, the game, and you've got a small income, but you're turning over big deals because you know there's money around the table or the people you're associated with have money, then you're going to be able to turn them over and make a fee. So it's another little strategy that the, the game teaches you. And it might be you need to trade in some of those smaller deals. This is another thing to just consider. Some of those smaller deals, you need to trade them to be able to get the cash to buy the bigger deals, i.e. flip them. And again, this is dependent on where you are and what kind of income you've got. But if you have inclination to go for a higher income, you're asking for a higher passive income long term, buying lots and lots of small deals, which is what I was doing in residential when we started out, buying small deals that maybe gave you 200, 300 pound cash flow, you realised after a while, actually, I'm going to need quite a lot of these to get to the passive income I need. So maybe I need to find a bigger deal. How do I find a bigger deal? Well, that's another podcast series altogether, but suffice to say on the cash flow game, they're there, you can turn them over, but you might not have the cash for them. So if you do some flips and trading on the smaller deals, the resi deals, which is exactly what we did, we sold some resi to buy our bigger deal in commercial, then that's a strategy you can do. But it's twofold, isn't it? First, get the small deals, then swap them in to go for the second strategy, which is the bigger deals. Now, it can be a lot of fun with the smaller deals. It definitely is. Buying houses, doing them up, you know the model, either refurbing them and putting a tenant in or flipping them on. The model's fairly clear. But bigger passive deals can get you out of the rat race and build wealth. They change your cash flow completely. But you do need to get started with the smaller deals. Another interesting quote from the game, which is so true of life. So... One of the other things that's really important about this game over the years for me is the talk, the chat around the game. It's at least as important as the lessons when you're playing. Now, just to give this a wee bit of context, when I first started doing this, I was maybe having three or four friends around. We'd have a game. They'd either have their own business. They'd be thinking about having their own business or they had some residential property or whatever it was. We were all kind of just getting started, let's say. And then over the years, it developed to maybe we had eight people turning out, 10 people turning out, sometimes 20 people. So for that, when these games have four to six, and I would say the optimum number is around about four or five, then we needed more board games. So we bought more board games. So sometimes you'd have three or four games going at once. And it's the conversations that go on around the table. One of the best things to do if you play this game is when you finish, take a breath and then ask everybody, 
What was the lesson you learned tonight? It can be really, really interesting to hear what people have learned from playing the game. And every time I play it, it teaches me something else. Some people ask me, how do I find off-market deals? This is just in general. How do you find commercial off-market deals? Well, I'm going to lay you into a secret. I've actually bought four buildings and the business off the back of conversations around games of cash flow. So that's four commercial buildings we've bought and a business because of conversations around games of cash flow. Now, we didn't buy them because of the cash flow game, <laughs> but by having those conversations and those meetings and discussions and building those relationships with people who were there at the events, they led to those purchases. Some of them took a while, some of them took years, but because it was in the swim, meeting people, having discussions, I was organising events, so if you're wondering how do, I, how do I get networking, how do I meet people networking, well, go and organise your own. If there isn't one near you, go and organise it. Because the cash flow games, well as teaching you, if you're doing it with other people who are kind of in the swim, they can actually bring you deals. Amazing. One of those deals was actually our very first commercial property. And I remember spending ages and ages trying to find a bigger deal. I recognised from playing this game that buying houses and flats was giving me a certain level, but I needed to try and find a bigger deal. And I didn't even know where these cards were in real life. How do I find these big deals? Well, I spent quite a long time out there trying to find out, looking up commercial surveyors, all the different places and things that you go and talk to and people you talk to. But what actually happened for that commercial deal was I actually was organising a game of cash flow. Somebody that I'd got to know um, locally in one of the gyms, I invited him along to have a game because he was in a similar sort of position as me in terms of business and everything else. And after having the game and the chat and talking about looking for a bigger deal, he happened to say, well, actually, my father might have a building he's looking to sell. It's kind of similar to what you're talking about. It's got lots of different customers in it. Um, it's a bit bigger, it's a commercial deal, maybe maybe that'd be of interest. <laughs> well, it took a bit of time, but 18 months later we managed to buy that building. And it was because of that game of cash flow. Amazing. That's where that deal came from. So, as soon as you realise the game is not a competition against others, which does take a bit of time, especially when you first start, you just want to go and win this thing. But when you realise that actually the competition is not against other people, it's just against the game itself... Then you see that joint ventures and working together is the best way to grow your portfolio. It's a great lesson. So sometimes you can feel in commercial or in residential market, you're competing with other people around you. Try and make sure that you get the deals, that they don't see the deals. You manage to get the deals. But actually, this game teaches you the more of you that are doing it together, the more uplift there is. Joint ventures can work really well. And interestingly, if you're the first person to get out of the rat race in this game, or indeed the last person to get out of the rat race, it can be really lonely because you're there on your own. The only person turning over the deals is yourself. So, again, if you haven't played the game, I understand it's a wee bit difficult to explain it fully. Well, certainly is for me. But as you're turning over these deals... Opportunities come up that may mean you can sell something, but if nobody's turning over the deals, then you can't sell stuff. So let's just think about that in life. If you're going through this whole process of buying and selling on your own, yeah, you've got your team around you, but on your own, then the number of deals being turned over is less. The number of deals you hear about 
is less, the number of opportunities to sell are less. But if there's a group of you all in the swim together, turning over more deals, there's more opportunities. And not every deal suits every person, so sometimes they get passed on or sold on to other people. But if you just play in in a silo on your own, then actually it can be quite lonely, you don't come across as many deals. So I just think that's really interesting when you start playing the game and you start thinking about doing stuff with other people and doing joint ventures, it's the same in life. It can be really lonely on your own, but if you're out there with other people, all working towards getting out of the rat race, more opportunities come up. So the next one was context. So I find it really interesting when new players come to play the game. It's fascinating. Because if you let them learn, don't jump in there and teach them everything that you know. You want to teach them, you want to help them get on faster, which is kind of contrary to the point I just made. But if you let them learn themselves, at least to start with, it's very interesting for you, very interesting for them. And equally, if you play with seasoned players, then it becomes more natural, easier to make decisions. You tend to help each other out. You tend to do JVs. The competition element diminishes. And you're all trying to build up assets around the table because you realise it helps lift everyone. And that's so true in the real world as well. But if you think about it, when that new person comes in, they have, for instance, they turn over a card and they don't know, is this a good deal or a bad deal? Now, sometimes you need to play the game a few times to actually work out what's a good deal. Especially if it's things like equities or shares. Because only once you've played the game a few times do you really understand the context of whether a share's value is good or bad. But that's the same in life, is it not? If you really know and understand what's going on in your market, your chosen sector, then you have much better context and you understand when a price is a good price or not. So let them learn. Equally, you'll be able to see how that whole context thing works for yourself. And equally, as you go on with the game and you play with some people on a regular basis, you all really start to understand how this game works. You can all get out much faster. You can help each other to get out much faster. And I'm convinced that that really helps you out in the real world too. So the best lesson for me on this, though, is you've got to be in the swim. If you're not in the swim, then you can't learn anything. You can't turn over deals. You can't turn over market cards. You need to be playing to have a chance of succeeding. Now, there's a square on this board that's called, I think it's divorce or something like that, or downsized, and basically means you miss three turns. And when you miss those three turns and there's six people playing, it's agonising because you've got to wait for something like 15 turns before it's your go again. And it just shows you, if you're not on the swim, out there doing stuff, how are you going to come across deals? Now, I appreciate some people might turn over deals you might be able to buy, but you're not earning any income. So that's one of the biggest lessons for me, which I really have taken to heart over the years, is you've got to be in the swim to be able to learn what are good deals, to be able to turn over deals. So... I've really enjoyed playing this game. Um, Have I got any shares in the game sales or Robert's books? No, (laughs) of course I don't. But it certainly influenced me. And by the way, if you want to read some of his books, then apart from the obvious one, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I really recommend Rich Dad's Guide to Investing. That's like the third book. It was also a big influence on my journey because it also helped me with my business or businesses as opposed to just the property side. 
So hopefully in the not-too-distant future, me and the guys and girls that we normally play will be getting back together again soon over pizza and beer. And we often hold these free events in our own venues or restaurant space or whatever. Usually we have three or four board games going at the same time, as I say. I miss you all, you know who you are. (laughs) But hopefully we'll be able to get back to doing that soon. When we do get back up and running, any future dates... Um, for events, Cashflow Board Game will be posted in the Facebook group, details of which you'll find in the show notes, of course. And I appreciate that there are not many of you who can just pop up and join us for a game. Some of you are in other parts of the world. I appreciate that. So why not organise your own event in your own part of the world? Pop the details in the Facebook group to see if anyone closer to you would be willing to join in. The board game has moved on a little bit too. There is an updated version and there's an app now. It used to be that it was all cash and you did it all with cash like Monopoly, but there's an app. I have to say, dealing with the cash is a bit more interesting, but the app does simplify it and make it quicker. And you'll be able to find that on the usual app stores. But if you haven't played this before, reach out, try and find somebody locally who has a board or buy your own and get some people together. It's great fun really educational. I've actually played it a few times with the kids. They prefer it now over Monopoly. Every now and then they'll remember the board games up. Oh, Dad, why have you not invited us to a cash flow game? Or can we have a game? It is good fun. It's very educational for the kids too. So I hope that's been of interest to you. I've, as I say, I've found it really helpful over the years. If you haven't played it, go and get a game, give it a bash. Don't just do it once or twice though. I've been doing it for 20 years Probably about once every three, four months a year, we'll have a game, reminds me of what I should be doing and reminds me that some of the stuff I've been doing is not actually as useful as I thought it was because it's all about adding these assets rather than all these liabilities. So I hope that episode's helped. Look forward to speaking to you all soon. Have a good week in commercial. 